Boker to everyone, and a good air of Shabbat. Try and stay warm. We know the uh, concept of Masse Avot Simon Labonim applies in Chumash Breshit. The Ramban says that that's the uh, main theme, so to speak of the Chumash, the lesson that we should learn from it. But that uh, is not restricted to Chumash Breshit. Because now when we begin uh, Chumash Mot, uh, we will see that uh, the Torah gives us a pattern that will be pursued throughout uh, Jewish life. And uh, it's noteworthy that we should pay attention to it. Moshe Rabbeinu is an unlikely hero. First of all, it's unlikely that he's alive because he was cast into the Nile River. You know, and the crocodiles should have ate him. He's saved by a, a very unlikely intervention. The daughter of the Pharaoh. So the Torah teaches us that the likely and unlikely are very hard words to define. And that the, uh, probably the best word that we could use when we gaze at events is uncertainty. We don't know how, the, how things happen. Later on, the experts will tell us. But uh, everything is completely unpredictable. So if God wants to save the Jewish people, he does so through the daughter of the Pharaoh. And what did the daughter of the Pharaoh do? So the Torah teaches us that she reached out with her hand towards the infant that was in the middle of the water. So the Gemara says that it's obvious she couldn't reach. The She's standing on the bank of the Nile and the, the crib is in the middle of the Nile. So it's obvious that she cannot reach him. Nevertheless, she stretches forth her hand. So the Gemara says that one of the nisim, one of the miracles, was that somehow her hand reached him. The shtarbevoyodo. Her hand became longer, so to speak. 
So the rabbis have taught us that miracles happen, but they have to be initiated by human beings. They're not whole cloth from heaven. If she would not have reached out her hand, then we'd have a different story here. But because she extended her hand, even though in her mind it may have been a futile gesture, the miracle occurred. And that's what made the impression upon her. Why did she save the child? Because she saw that her hand, which was not long enough to reach the child, did reach the child. So she had a sign from heaven that something special is going on. And therefore she listens to uh, Miriam, which is another strange thing that the sister should be at the banks of the river, not to give up on him. The mother wasn't there. The father wasn't there. But Miriam, the sister, was there. And she brings, therefore, Yocheved to nurse Moshe that he should survive. And she raises him in the uh, palace of the king. So, what is Shiva did Moshe go to? He's raised in the palace of the king. And uh, he has every privilege imaginable. Now we will see later when uh, he rescues the daughters of Yisro from the shepherds. So they told their father, Ishmitri Itzilonu, an Egyptian saved us. Farshim pointed out, it was obvious that they thought he was an Egyptian. The way he dressed, I mean, that was his background. But not only that, Moshe himself thought of himself as an Egyptian. He didn't correct them. Chazal say, why was Yosef buried in Eretz Israel and Moshe never was? Because Misha Hoda Be'artso, Nikbar Be'artso. Yosef said he was a Hebrew. Gunav Gunav Eretz he said to Parah. I'm a Jew. So therefore he was Ochet to be buried near to child. They took his bones back with them. Misha Lohoda Bart, so Moshe did not say 
No, I'm not an Egyptian, I'm a Jew. He let it rest. So he didn't come to Kura in Eretz Israel. It's a frightening statement. Chazal about Moshe Rabbeinu. But it describes Moshe's state of mind here. And it explains to us, makes it at least more clear to us, all of his objections to going to save the Jewish people. Because he doesn't see himself part of them. He was not in their slavery. He hasn't been with them for 60 years. We don't know what happened to Moshe from the time that he killed the Egyptian and he ran away. When according to Chazal he was 18 or 20 or 21. And now he comes back, he's 80. What happened in the interim? The Torah is absolutely silent. There are all sorts of midrashim. There are all sorts of legends about where Moshe was and what he did. But he wasn't part of the Jewish people. Didn't communicate with his brother Aaron. And he's content to uh, remain a shepherd. To take care of Yisro's flocks and then he marries a daughter of Yisro. And he has nothing to do with the Jewish people. He's the complete outsider. So again, if we were writing the script... So we would not have such a person be the Moshiach shall Yisrael and the Rabban shall Yisrael and the greatest Jew that ever lived. We would not, uh, we couldn't fit that into him. But, Odom uh, we see only superficially. God sees it differently. So what turns Moshe? Why does God even initiate the conversation with him? So it says in the Torah, I've I've discussed this before, but it's a basic... uh, really a basic idea on life. The Kutzker Rebbe has a whole uh, idea based on this. There's a burning bush. The bush, there's a fire that rages. But the bush is not consumed by the fire. It somehow uh, the fire cannot uh, destroy it. So the Kotzker says 
that this was a phenomenon that was obvious to anybody. The bush didn't come only because of Moshe. The bush was there. And it was burning. And it wasn't consumed. But everybody is busy. People have carpool, they have to go shopping, they're going somewhere, they have appointments. So they walk by, oh yeah, look at that bush, you know, it's, it was here yesterday, and that something didn't get burned yet. And people keep on going. Moshe stopped. Moshe, what begins Moshe's greatness is that he stopped to notice a phenomenon. He stopped to notice what was happening. And he said, I want to examine this. Why does it not burn? Why does it survive? And we all know that the snare is the representative of Cloud Yisrael. So, it's a living example for everybody in the world should ask, how come there are Jews in the world? But everybody's busy. So the basic question is ignored. Moshe stopped and asked, I'm going to stop. I'm going to view what happened there. So it says in the Pesach, Vayar Hashem Kisor Liros. God, so to speak, saw that someone stopped. Someone noticed. That's the beginning of greatness. To notice things. To appreciate why. How come? So then the Malach said to him, Moshe, Moshe. Come here, I got a job for you. Moshe, in the worst way, does not want that job. He has every excuse possible. Moshe could never be elected a rabbi. He doesn't speak well. Moshe has where he needs. Who says that Moshe is Jewish even? What happened to him for 60 years? Where's his smicha? Moshe says all of this. Moshe also says Jewish people are not worthy of it. Me and who am I to save them and who are they to be saved? Very tough, bad people. 
They're the ones that uh, informed against me. I almost got killed. They're the ones that fight amongst themselves. They're the ones that uh, produce the uh, taskmasters for the Egyptians. They're working for the Egyptians against the Jews. They're not worthy. I'm not going, he says. Shlach no biatishlach. You know, you want to send, send someone. Send Aaron. Aaron's, a, you know, Aaron's the head of the Kohel. Everybody knows Aaron. He's Olev Sholem, Olev Sholem. Send him. Not me. So uh, that is an incident that is repeated over and over again. When, they, when Shmuel wants Shol uh, to be the Melech, he doesn't want. What do you mean, no? David Melech? Adomi, who was the head of the Sanhedrin, said, uh, how can uh, David be the king? He he's not even Jewish. He comes from Ruth, from Gerim, from Moabim. He's apostle. That's, that's who God picks to be the Melech? He's going to be the Melech HaMashiach? We would hope that the Lord had better taste than that. Unlikely people from the outside. Shmuel Anovi comes to find the Melech. So Yishai has seven sons. He picks uh, one of them is Kolev. Uh, the Chazal say that he never sinned in his life. So he's worthy to be the, the, the Melech. Never sin, sinned. God says, no, not him, not him, not him, not him. Till Mishmuel says, well, do you have anybody left? He said, yeah, we have a little brother, and he's, uh, he's a shepherd, and he doesn't do well in school. He's a big troublemaker. He doesn't look like us. He's red. That's the one. Another outsider. So the pattern is set. Now how the Jewish people will be saved and salvaged is never predictable. There's all sorts of twists and turns that make no sense and don't fit into our narrative. But uh, we blithely go along anyway. I have a story that I've told many times. Uh, 
that reflects these ideas regarding Moshe. Chazal say that Moshe had many Hebrew names. I've mentioned before that the uh, that Evan Ezra, Ben Avram Ben Ezra, in his parish says that Moshe is an Egyptian name, and that the uh, verb Mishisiu, Kimin Amaya Mishisiu, is an Egyptian verb that has crept into Hebrew. So Moshe is his uh, non-Jewish name. Moshe is uh, Eric, Jeffrey, whatever. The Chazal also tell us that Moshe had Hebrew names, beautiful Hebrew names. Tuvia, Yared, all sorts of names. And yet he's known as Moshe. He's known by, uh, so to speak, his non-Jewish name, which became a Jewish name throughout the generations. Millions of Moshe's. So again, the Kutzker asked, why? So I, I, uh, I, I uh, always uh, think of the experience that I had that uh, Yad Vashem, who was a Jew from Los Angeles by the name of Spiegel, that uh, built the Children's Museum at Yad Vashem. It's a a building that's uh, dedicated to the memory of the one and a half million children, one and a half million, under the age of 12 that were destroyed in the Shoah. Ponevizhorov told me... uh, but I was in Miami Beach. So he once asked me to make a parlor meeting for him of the couples under 40. So I told him, Rebbe, I'll, I'll do whatever you say, but that's not the audience that's going to give you money. They're all burdened with uh, tuition and raising a family. I said, but we have Baruch Hashem... Uh, uh, retired people in the, the uh, shul uh, that have made a lot of money. We've... So he said to me, uh, with a smile, but he said it, he said, don't tell me my business. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Okay. So um, my wife uh, uh, made a beautiful spread, and we invited, we had about the uh, 25, 28 couples that came, I think. And the road got up. I introduced them, and I know it, the great Ponovisha Rav, you know. And the road got up, and he said to them, he said it in Yiddish, but in broken English, too. But everybody understood it. He said, there are a million and a half Jewish souls 
that are floating in the ether in the air. And they're looking for a body. Your job is to give them a body. I, I never I never was at such a parlor meeting in my life. Within the year we had about uh, fifteen new babies in the show. So at this children's museum, when you walk in, I think most of you have been there. There's a, uh, it's, a it's pitch black. It's so dark that you have to hold on to the railing to put one foot in front of the other. But after a while, your eyes become somewhat adjusted to the blackness. And you see that the roof, the ceiling, is dotted with little sparks of light, like stars in the night. And those uh, little sparks of light represent the children. And then there's a voiceover, a tape recording that plays and it says nothing but names Hannah Goldberg three years old Varsha Moshe Schmidt eight years old Germany names, names, names and it makes such a uh, powerful impression uh, I ran out of there into the blinding uh, Jerusalem sunlight and uh, really for the first time in my life I really thought that my name is not on that tape. I'm of the age, they meant me. My parents moved to uh, Chicago instead of staying in Lithuania. My name is not on the tape. So if my name is not on the tape, then I, you know, there's a uh, an obligation there to do something for the Jewish people. It's automatic almost. So none of our names are on the tape. So our job has always been what Moshe's job was build the Jewish people. And that's what God told him. The Malach said to him, Moshe, Moshe. He didn't call him by a different name. You're Moshe, Minamayim Shishiyu. I took you out of the crocodiles. Don't tell me I'm not going. Don't tell me this is not my job. I took you out. You were raised by the daughter of the Pharaoh. Are you going to spend your life being a shepherd for Israel? And therefore the Lord does not accept any of his excuses. God said you can't speak, we'll get somebody that can speak. That has nothing to do with the issue. 
The Jay won't believe me. They'll say, who's this guy? He came, you know, and if 60 years he's not here. Now he comes and he says, I'm the head. Valid, valid uh, point that he makes. So they won't believe me. The Bonus Shalom answers, they'll believe you. You won't believe at the end. I'll tell you to speak and you'll hit the rock. Don't say they won't believe. So there are so many uh, nuances and lessons in this story of Moshe. And Moshe will have to suffer disappointment. You cannot, in the Jewish world, I would say in the world generally, you cannot accomplish, it's never a uh, graph that continually goes up. There always are uh, bumps in the road. Failures. So it says, Sheva Yipol Sadik Vakum. The righteous fall seven times. So Moshe's gonna have here, uh, he brings Marcos and nothing happens. Makes zero impression on Paro. And the Jewish people come and complain. And so he complains to God, So how do you deal with disappointment? And in the back of his mind is always the fact that I don't want this job. So that's part of the the structure of Moshe. And that's part of the structure of Jewish leadership. And throughout all of the generations. How many great people came to us that are from the outside, even in our time. I mentioned, for instance, the uh, the uh, most well-known parish on Mishnayos today. That's an enormous bestseller. Is from a Jew named Pinchas Kahati, right? I think all of us have probably a Kahati Mishnayos, but we're aware of it. Kahati was a clerk in a bank. He didn't have a kolel. He didn't have a yeshiva. He didn't. He wasn't a, a Ravagon at Sadik. But Shalom has his ways. How to be Marbit Stora. Yeah, Steinzeltz, Zetona Levrocha, came from the outside. So he opened up the Talmud to uh, thousands and tens of thousands of Hebrew speakers. So you can argue with him, whatever, but the. Uh, Look what happened, and look at it. he had so many imitators now. 
people from the outside. We could say it regarding the whole state of Israel is built by people from the outside. Confirmed the socialists, uh, Marxists. So what are they doing here? Why did they risk their lives? So that's Asura Nova Eres Amare Agodolazer. To stop and look at the great vision here. The bush that is never consumed. The Jewish people that renew themselves. And if we have such an ability to view things, so then uh, we can appreciate uh, the evolution, so to speak, of Moshe Rabbeinu into becoming Moshe Rabbeinu. From Ish Mitzri to Lokombi uh, Israel, Kamoshe Od. That is really a lesson for us. Because in our own way, each and every one of us is our own Moshe, our own Miriam, our own Yecheved. All of us are challenged by what happens in life. All of us uh, sometimes are disappointed by people and sometimes even disappointed by God. But that never is an excuse. It never is uh, something that allows us to say, well, that's it. And therefore, this lesson of Moshe Rabbeinu uh, remains uh, as one of the basic uh, (coughs) (coughs) basic pillars of thought uh, regarding uh, Jewish life generally. And I think that's something that all of us can appreciate. So have a very good Shabbat. Stay well and stay dry and stay warm. Shabbos, Shabbos. Yeah.